You're listening to the 10-Minute Think-Through, a to-the-point conversation about the Bible, theology, and current events. On Sunday, November 5th, in Sutherland Springs, Texas, a gunman opened fire, and as you have no doubt seen on the news, uh, really created quite a scene, and uh, at this point, at the point of our recording, I think it's 26 people have uh, been killed, and so this is a subject matter that's probably not safe for young ears, and I want you to... We want you to know that as we go into this recording, uh, that this is something that's probably not going to be well suited for those who uh, might be uh, might have fear kind of instilled in them through this conversation. So, really, the, uh, the where we want to go is uh, a couple of different directions. First and foremost, I think it's most important that before we think about what to do in light of Sutherland Springs. It's important for us to just pause and remember anything that turns the attention toward us in this moment is uh, something we should slow down with, right? We should pause and actually remember and reflect and probably even allow ourselves to go into the details of what it might have been like to be present on that Sunday and and, uh, identify really well with our brothers and sisters in that as much as is possible. Yeah, I think that uh, my desire is not to become a even just a a spiritualized version of making the story political but I do want to I want to have a deeper understanding of what it feels like to to um, to sort of understand this to understand what it's like to have a place that's supposed to feel the most safe in the world become a place where we can imagine like a really fearful thing happening yeah, there was something that was a little bit unique to this one that felt pretty close to home and I don't really know um, exactly why it is. This has happened a couple other times before. We think of Colorado Springs, New Life Church, several years back, and uh, just uh, some different episodes, um, events like this. But this one felt really close to home. It felt uh, like it rattled the cage of, I think, people in the Southeast in particular at this at this point, because it felt like this church was uh, sort of similar to our classification of what we know church to be uh, in some ways. Yeah, it was rural too. It was not. It was a small town. It was not like in an urban area. And um, I think even the congregants of the church also we share like an identification with them. Yeah, the pastor was you know small church, seventy five people or so attending on Sunday maybe, and uh, pastor lost his daughter and uh, Southern Baptist Church, First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs, and so um, just pretty pretty close to home. Uh, you know, conversations that have followed that event for me. Uh, ranged from some, rightfully so, some fearful kinds of conversations of, uh, you know, what what could happen in our setting, right? What's possible, uh, you know, as uh, as as literally like picturing where we are and our location and in and out and lights on, lights off, those those kinds of things, and uh, and it made you think because I I was you know at this stage I think this is really a public safety kind of question I I don't believe that we've reached a point where it seems that church is a more dangerous place to be than to be present in some large public gathering. This is just a few weeks after the Vegas shooting still for us, and uh, so it feels a little bit like that, and and uh, and so there was that tie, and even that kind of jumping off point in conversation related to, you know, is, is it more dangerous to be at church than it is to be other places? It's hard to, hard to say. It's something difficult to quantify. You definitely see a difference in mass shootings in churches between communities and between even like racial ethnicities in churches. Um, I think of Emmanuel Church in 2015, you had the mass shooting there, and it's a predominantly black church. And that is not uh, that uncommon. In fact, 
the majority of the shootings in the last several decades in America in churches have been targeted against black churches. And so I do think perhaps, whereas our church is not, our demographic is different than that. Um, I don't, I don't think it's quite as uh, much of a concern for a predominantly white church as much as it is maybe for our other brothers and sisters of color. So I don't know, like I kind of have different feelings about this in that um, I don't think it's, you know, statistically it's doesn't seem to be more dangerous um, to go to church than it has been, but it also kind of depends on who you are. Um, But it's still not dangerous. Like in terms of like the numbers, it's still unbelievably unlikely. Um, It's just, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, and our even conversation with uh, a couple of guys who serve on our um, our city police, they've kind of identified those two demogra- or two two um, scenarios where it's racially motivated, maybe even religiously motivated. And in, in the U.S., that's le- seems to be less so in the Southeast, but racially motivated, and then also domestic disputes. Where and this is this is what was taking place in Texas was. Uh, domestic dispute that uh, is obviously out of hand and blown blown completely out of proportion in someone's mind and uh, and sort of the phenomenon of of uh, you know not thinking clearly and and uh, and then the evil and all that and and how all that how that uh, comes together so those two things it seems to be are the are the two primary motivations in our part of the world but I mean historically I think that I mean we when we say historically I don't want to think only in terms of you know early AD and then here in the early 2000s. But I think if we were to think about um, a lot of the real racially motivated acts of violence, those were acts of violence towards churches in the 60s, uh, towards people of color in the 60s. And and the setting, I think, was, uh, was happenstance, right? It wasn't that they were targeting a church. They were targeting people in the church, right? It wasn't just Christians. It happened to be that, that they happened to be in a church. I think now uh, the fear that a lot of people have is, and maybe more so now post-Sutherland Springs, is not so much that it just happened to be a certain sect or group of people in a building that happened to be a church, but maybe there's a fear because we're gathering in a church that we are the ones who are going to be targeted because of that reason. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, though the the reasoning may have been less than uh, the affiliation with the church, it certainly seems in a public safety sort of way that uh, that where large numbers of concentrated people gather who might who might somehow face aggression and uh, always in a wrongful sense uh, that they would just simply be gathered there. So it's it is wise to to protect ourselves. That's something we believe as a church. We have when we moved into our current facility. We saw a group of guys kind of band together and trained and and uh, equipped and learn and grow and study uh, what other churches across the country are doing. And then even just some training for some uh, some guys who have military backgrounds and law enforcement backgrounds. And uh, and so we believe that it's wise uh, to to have that kind of protection and. And um, and that that's something that ought to give us comfort by all means. And then also, I think it's a really helpful thing to just remember that uh, ultimately, many times, in whatever the scenario in these kinds of kinds of events, uh, essentially the level of of uh, guardrail in place is is probably not enough, right? No matter no matter where you are that um, out of the goodness of God, the sovereignty of God, 
you're safe when it's his moment for uh, you to be safe. And uh, in some way that we don't understand, God forbid, uh, things like this happen. Um, it's it, it doesn't seem at this point as if it's it's wise to rush out and and uh, run ahead of his sovereignty. And that's a that's a really um, it's a really difficult thing to say. So there's a bigger picture in place here, right? Of questions of why these things take place and uh, how could the Lord? I got that question. How could the Lord let this happen when people gather peacefully in His name? And um, and and it's something tough to wrestle with. I think these are uh, opportunities of reminder. I think that when we see this happen, we can be reminded that we have a long uh, context as Christians for being uh, people who suffer and for being people who are persecuted, and that while it doesn't take place in our particular corner of the world, that across uh, across the, the globe, uh, Christians are being persecuted, and that people are, uh, they are losing their very lives because of what they believe. And so, to me, one of the questions that comes up whenever whenever there's a church shooting whenever there's an act of violence i i want to know like what so what should i do you know what's what do i just absorb this do i let it you know turn into a a point of fear for me but what do i do uh, having learned this and know this now like what's what's my next step i think there's rest and trust that is present and also uh, it's okay that that thought enters your mind every now and then, right? I mean, when you're when you're in public and you know, yeah, I mean, you've been uh, herded along in a, a group of people, a ball game or something like that. I mean, I think it, it crosses your mind, you know, what's going on all around me right now. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think vigilance is is a good thing, and, and it's not something that um, that that we should be dominated by fear by any means. Um, but somehow we are we we do rest and trust that God's God's plan, uh, you know, has us in safety right in this moment. Yeah, I think about so in a few episodes we're going to talk about a verse in Philippians four. But in Philippians four, Paul is writing to a church who is experiencing persecution, and I think it is relevant um, what he says to them. We can think about today when he says. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. I think that is incredibly relevant. He's writing to a church who's experiencing this level of intentional persecution against the church. And he's comforting them and saying, hey, remember, God is in control. Let your concerns be known to him and and he's going to take care of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 10-Minute Think-Through. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to rate us on the iTunes or Android podcast store. You can find all of our episodes and submit a topic request on our website, 10minutethinkthrough.com.